IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they service projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website at iatse212.com or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Happy podcasting! Hello. Hello. Back another week here at the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. It's so exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting to have a podcast. Where I can be <laughs> like, I've got a podcast. People are like, what? Cool. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But it's about filmmaking. And they're like, oh, super cool. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like the not sexy side. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's true. like, we talk yeah. about insecurity and we talk about... Um, <laughs> Uh, law, yeah, law, yeah, law, and and producing and paperwork, and we love you, Greg. Greg actually has a. It's probably too late by the time this comes out, but he's. I think it's today actually. It is. As, we record ha- this, as we're recording, it's, it's happening. Right, he's tonight. got a, yeah, he's a got workshop it. at Fava, so he's he's such a great resource. Check out his podcast, uh, and uh, I'm sure he'll hold another event soon. Save that for the recommendations. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's jump right into it. Um, we have a great guest this week, uh, but first, um, CSF is pleased to announce. Uh, that Katie Wackett is uh, the new Programming and Communications Director at the CSIF. Um, and uh, I think we mentioned uh, Risa Faruqi, who, who was there previously and was yeah. fantastic um, on a previous episode. Um, but uh, yeah, big welcome to to Katie. Uh, this is an important role in our community, especially in Southern Alberta. And um, we're excited to have her here as we speak as board members at the CSIF as well. Um, she is a little bit about her. Do you want to? This is yeah. This yeah. is really. Uh, I didn't know this about her actually. Um, she she actually was a summer student at the CSIF yeah. uh, in 2016. Um, but Katie holds a BA uh, honors in film from the University of Calgary, where she wrote her th- honors thesis on film noir, and she has a master's in cinema studies from the University of. Toronto. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, that's awesome. She's worked at the Toronto Outdoor Picture Show. She's volunteered with CIF, uh, and she's been the president of the University of Calgary Film Society. Very cool. Yeah, so we're super stoked to have her on board. Um, she's great, and we can't wait to see uh, what she does with that role. Absolutely. Uh, the Bell Fund uh, has announced the results of the 2018 TV pilot program um, where they basically dished out $5.5 million in grants to 26 independent projects, uh, sorry, 26 independent production companies from five provinces, including Manitoba, British Columbia, Quebec, Ontario, and Alberta. Represent, yeah. represent Alberta. Heck yes. That's great. Uh, so it's, uh, total combined production budgets of almost $220 million, including, uh, Including this round of funding, the Bell Fund has contributed approximately $7.5 million in grants to the TV uh, for the TV program in 2018. Alberta projects include Jan and Winona Earp, both produced by 724 Films. Trey Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Ampia had their AGM a couple of year, or years, weeks ago. <laughs> and years ago, I'm sure, as well. Yes. Um, and so they're announcing who's been reelected to the board for two-year terms. Uh, and the, the board members are who are returning are Michelle Gaze, Janet Hamley, Michael Jorgensen, Brent Kochuk, Dylan Pierce, and Caitlin Stewart. And they are pleased to announce that uh, the, the highly experienced and respected member of the Calgary film community, 
Michelle Wong is uh, has been has joined the board uh, on Ampia. So she was on the board of the CSAF when we That's right, yeah. first joined. Mm-hmm. Um, she's incredible, and uh, Ampia is very lucky to have her. So a complete list of the board members, including bios, can be found on the Ampia website. Um, and Ampia also provided kind of an uh, an update to the. SPG, the screen-based Oh, yeah, that's right. Brand. Yes, yes, yes. You're, you're more kind of familiar with... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there are actually quite a few sort of detail, and I and I see that Briar has listed them all here. Uh, there's a, a lot uh, of, of sort of, I would I would say, minor changes for the most part. Um, so I would highly recommend that anybody interested in applying, you know, dive in and, and get to know all of those little changes. The, I think the biggest one might be the the increase from three windows to, to apply to four windows to apply. Uh, so now the intake windows uh, are 30-day uh, application windows instead of, I think, they were two months or, or maybe even longer um, previously. Now they're, they're 15th to 15th. Uh, Just a month. That's right, yeah. yeah. So you really, really should have it ready before it for opens. For sure, for like, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, now, keeping in mind, though, if you're in, intending to apply in this window that was supposed to open October 1st, but actually opened November 1st, it's still closing November 30th, not November 15th, even though next year the window will close November 15th. So oh. don't don't get that confused. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are doing some things to make uh, the application a little easier to apply to um, and uh, sort of some 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 ease easing of rules around uh, some of the bigger productions as well. Um, so yeah, uh, I wonder where people can find this. Uh, if you if you weren't on the sort of the email blast out, oh, I guess we have a link there. Uh, so yeah, check out the show notes um, yeah. to to see all of the changes. Yeah, there there, you know, sometimes a little change can mean can make a big deal to a of course specific project. Absolutely. So, as with any you know grant, it's worth knowing what the hell's going on mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and what's changing and what's new. Um, Certainly. And yeah, even if you haven't applied to it and don't really know what it is, now's a good time to bury yourself in it and figure it out. Absolutely. Okay, let's dive into this conversation. Yeah, we had a really great chat with Chad Blaine. Um, if you don't know, he just happens to be the guy whose music you hear every week on this show. Um, and uh, we you know, we really got into it. Uh, it. Music is always the thing that sneaks up on me, and I think we had a really great conversation um, sort of being like, oh yeah, music, and then like we got deep into, yeah. <laughs> in, into scoring and, and how powerful music can be. For sure. So what you're hearing right now is the intro music from Chad. And here is Chad. Yeah, we got some dampeners and some... Uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got the... Um, <laughs> the Juja. Decibels. Yeah, we're some using DBs. decibels. And, uh, we got some minus DBs. And, uh, sure FP23 <laughs> or whatever it's called. Yeah. The Nagra. We're using the Nagra these days. Oh, nice. Tape to yeah. tape. Yeah. Tape to tape. <laughs> Not to disparage my wonderful college but they had us using the nagra uh, this was in 2008 2007 so what's the nagra oh it's like a literal tape to tape like it's it's reels it's tape reels they had us recording on tape oh they did no yeah way. yeah which was i mean i don't know they we also used super eight i think it was partially about like know the history of yeah yeah, yeah. have some respect for where it came from yeah. and the second years we're using the better equipment <laughs> so it was all <laughs> that's your first years get this like uh, fuck. <laughs> no uh to answer honestly it's uh the task cam mm-hmm. which is what is it what's it called the d 60d 60dr DR60DR something, yeah. The DR70D. Oh, we got the 70D. Oh, the 70D. It's designed, it's designed to sit under a camera, right? Like, so this is a tripod yeah. mount or whatever oh, that is, okay. and then the camera sits on top, and then you can do... So just get some extra inputs. In yeah, yeah. Level. We actually bought it when we used to shoot on a DSLR. 
Remember? Yeah, because it would right. mount on the tripod and yeah. then the SLR would mount on top and then we had XLR inputs. Oh, yeah. Um, but pretty much right away after we bought this, we bought the C100, which has its own XLR yeah. inputs. Yeah. So it just became... So it became the podcasting kit, really. Yeah. And we use it occasionally to like record off of a board if there's like program sound at an event or something that we just want to capture separately. I'll just plug right in. And then we also have the H4N, the old H4N that was kind of the go-to for people. Uh, That's It's been updated a few times now. There's a lot of our kits just rotting. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's true. We should <laughs> try to solve it. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we've just got these mics that I picked up at like pawn shops, and I just toured around one day looking for like cheap. Didn't you and I go to like Memory Express or Future Shop or something? Oh, uh, we yeah. Bought, like, we were in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. But that was just like to fill out the sound <clears throat> kit. We bought like a bunch of adapters and stuff, and I think some of it has come come over to the. Mm. Yeah. Well, it works. This yeah, sound quality is good on the on the podcast. So. It's uh, yeah, it's yeah. passable, right? Like it, yeah. it doesn't seem to bother anybody, and so you know, I, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, no nasty comments. At yeah. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the worst podcast. Yeah, ever, we yeah. you know, there's there's filters on uh, audition that seem to do the trick. To yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, I've been recording this whole time. It's, oh, cold. Cold. it's a move that I haven't pulled in a while. And I like this. Movie. Now I'm drawing attention to it like a dummy. I should just forget I, it. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I just hit the mic there. So oh, uh, it's all good. It's all good. Clean um, before this conversation started, though, the audience heard a little uh, a little ditty between oh, okay. between the intro conversation and this conversation. Mm-hmm. And you made that a musical ditty. <laughs> a little transitional element. You did. You made it from scratch. There was nothing. That's right. And then there was music. Actually, this was super fun. Like it was, and and I mean, I don't want to dig right into it, but one of the most interesting things that you, when you hit my radar, yeah, was that you were doing this thing. It was like a challenge. Yeah. Thing. Was it? What, what did you call it? You didn't say no to anything. You were saying yes to every project. Yeah, the hundred project plan was the idea. Project. Okay. So uh, the whole idea was just to do as much as I could, uh, say yes to everything. Um, and just not my, not put myself in a box and just started off with just working with, uh, some theater companies. Loose Moose was kind of the first place to give me a shot and it just kind of just snowballed from there. And was it just, was it just music and sound that you were saying yes to? Was that kind of where you were focusing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Initially that's where it started. But then once you start saying yes to, uh, music and sound and editing, then it kind of falls into other places too. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, have you hit those hundred projects? That's a lot. No, you know, my wife's, yeah. my wife's the gatekeeper on the spreadsheet and she's like, Chad, we got to update that right away. We got to see where you're at. Uh, but last time I checked, I was at 85, but I'm probably just over 90 now. Okay. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is, and it isn't, it's, it's something just, uh, like a personal goal. And yeah. I, like everybody in this industry is doing that every single day. Um, yeah, but I think they're not necessarily doing it with intention. Um, and I think it's going to feel good to say no. The first time I, I, <laughs> when you really I'm gonna be there eventually yeah, yeah. when does that happen yeah no doubt but what made you do that what made you come out of the uh, out of out of nowhere at least in my opinion I'm sure, I'm sure no I've, I've true, heard that I've, I've, I've been at events and like you're Chad where, where, where have you yeah, come you're, from you're getting no, Who's this no, guy? nominated for awards at the Bettys and stuff right like or, or theater awards of some sort no not quite yet not quite no. yet maybe this year I thought okay I'm sorry yeah. no there, uh, there was a community award for, okay. for theater that I was nominated for yeah. uh, but um but yeah, just it was it was just kind of a, a shift in 
in, uh, in life uh, happened about five years ago. Uh, there's a personal shift, but then there's also a professional shift where I got laid off in the oil and gas industry. is there for about 10, 15 years wow. um, and just was focused on sales. Uh, which was great. Now, but before that, my past life, I, I worked in radio for about four years. I uh, was a music teacher that got me through university. Uh, so I always had that musical element in 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 my life. So, uh, And what, what happened to you before you were a music teacher to get you into that in the first place? Uh, to get where, me in. Yeah, where was like the kernel of all this back, like, back before then even? Oh, when I was a kid? Um, mm-hmm. I think Van Halen was my inspiration, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Uh, no, you, you want to be a, a rock star and, uh, you know, it's kind of inspired. I, I played the most, uh, the second most geeky instrument in uh, growing up is the organ. Uh, oh, uh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, the accordion was more nerdy, but uh, <laughs> it was too complicated and but too many buttons. the accordion yeah. you can bring around with you. Yeah, it's like very organ, portable, yeah. You have to structure your practice, I bet, a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I grew up on the organ, and, and uh, it's it a really fun instrument before... Uh, all technology came out. So you had, you had your drum tracks, your bossa novas and everything and your, your, your bass and you play the chords on one hand and the melody on the other. So it was just kind of a neat introduction for, for MIDI and composition and, and just creation. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So you're a music teacher, you worked in radio. What was that all about? Tell us about that. Yeah. And I kind of fell into radio too. I was, uh, I was doing a marketing degree, uh, business at uh, U of C. And uh, I just had a passion for music and music industry. So I, I did a whole bunch of special projects. Uh, one was on marketing in the music industry. So I ended up just interviewing a whole bunch of cool people in the industry. And uh, uh, like Jan Arden's management company, I tracked them down. Um, Terry David Mulligan, who was a hero of mine back in the video days. Um, radio stations here locally, like Mix 1060. Okay, right on. Um, and then just from that, uh, I said, I was looking for a job after I graduated and, uh, spider Harrison, he said, uh, or spider O'Neill, he said, uh, yeah, do you want a job? Mm. Uh, I said, doing what? He said, oh, operating the board. And I said, but what's that? So kind of, uh, gave me a crash course and Sweet. I was there for about four years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. What station was that? Uh, mix 1060. That's mix 1060. Okay. So it was mix 1060, then CJ 92 after that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I know you had some, uh, some interaction with my favorite radio station in Edmonton. Um, oh yeah. Sonic, Sonic Time, which you actually made the news for. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's sly. She's a fun, funny little one, isn't she? <laughs> Tell me that story. Cause I actually don't know the whole story. Oh, whole story. Um, yeah. Somehow she heard about my hundred project plan. Right. Um, and then she reached out and just said, Hey, uh, I heard you want to do any kind of project. You'll say yes to anything. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm the keener. Uh, what do you got for me? And she just, uh, called me up, put me on air and just said, Hey, I want you to do a song about how great Edmonton is. <laughs> You're from Calgary. I think it'd be great if we did that. And so, uh, so you are bridging the gap. <laughs> I walked, That's amazing. I walked right into that one. Nice. So fun. Yeah. How did you that? do it? I, yeah, I, I gave her three or four different options for, for music and she okay. was going to provide some lyrics and, and bounce it back, but went back and forth a bit and it never oh. came to fruition. So, so it was, I think it was more of a comedy bit for her. Yeah. Right. yeah. Do you Fair count, enough. you still count that as a project? Yeah. You, you, you yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I, just, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the rules are. Um, what if, what if someone like is like, Hey, I want you to do something for me. And then you, all you do is go for coffee. No, no, okay. no coffee's so not something a project. Happens. So the work has to happen. I have to do the work. Right. Uh, the work doesn't have to come to fruition all the time because there's right. tons of times where I'll, I'll put something forward and they're like, hey, Chad, do you want to try this? And I get tons of no's all the time. Right. And that's, that's kind of the, the fun part about it. And uh, 
That's, what do you mean? That's the fun part of it. Um, well, the part of, like when I was in sales, that was not, I wouldn't know if it's the fun part about it, but it's, it's, it's the way to find the right projects or the right opportunities right. for, for whatever you're working on. Uh, so then when it came to the hundred project plan, it was kind of the same idea. Just, just kind of go for a hundred and don't get focused on, uh, how much money you're going to make or, or if it's going to lead somewhere, are they somebody that can get you somewhere else? Just, just say yes to everything and, and just experience any kind of project. So, um, yeah, working in theater and then working in, you know, making music for podcasts and, and TV and, uh, short films and doing sound design, dialogue editing. It's yeah, it's kind of just everything. Yeah. What was the first one? Do you remember? Um, I think I'd have to give credit to Loose Moose because I think that yeah. was the first kind of volunteer opportunity. Right. That what were you doing with them? Were you running the board up? It was up top or? no, I, I I don't run the board on on most of these projects. I'll just uh, I'll just create the music, right? Um, and Loose Moose was good for that. Like they're they're doing kids shows and right. oh, okay, it's cool. a really loose environment. It's very creative and very has a nice flow to Sweet. it. Yeah. So so you go in there and they want this kind of music for this transition and. Uh, we need this for, for this. So, right. so you go on your keyboard, create what you can, you come back the next day and see if it fits. Right. So, yeah. Cool. So are, are all of these projects for free? No, no. many of them have been for free. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and that's, that's kind of the, you get to a hundred and people ask me, well, that's really cool. You're doing this, Chad. What, what do you do when you get to 100? I'm like, well, maybe I can get paid for this. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but seriously, it's. Uh, but the focus is more on the process, I guess, and, mm. and just trying to figure out, you know, working with people, and that's that's a really nice reward too. Is just if you say yes to everything, you get to work with people that you'd never usually work for, or you get a shot right. doing something that you're maybe not the best at, and and that just kind of ups your ability and ups your game and just gives you a, an opportunity to be outside of your comfort zone all the time. Right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a polarizing subject. Um, and I always say, if you don't, if you don't want to work for free, don't, yeah, there's no, there's no, no one saying you must. And, uh, and that's okay. But I think there's also value, uh, to be had. And I think that you're, you're maybe an example of that. Would you say that, that this doing this work has led to some paid gigs? Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. That's yeah. Cool. Um, and especially coming out new, it's like whether you're out coming out of school or just coming out of left field, um, you're going to have to prove yourself and prove your work to somebody. Right. right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing something for free and doing it because you love it first. And, and then if you get paid for that and you can make a living of that, that's, that's kind of the, the next phase. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. But it's, it's, uh, I, th- I think what's interesting is what, like, tell us about your relationship with Six Degrees and Alec Harrison, who's been on the podcast before as well. Because, yeah. Because I think you, you, the, the way you, you're approaching this is just with no ego and no attitude and just, and you've just set these rules, which actually break down all those barriers that happen when you're like, oh, am I getting paid for this? Or am I, you know, can I work on this? And I, I feel like you found this like kind of back door into, accessing you know some of the best talent and working with some amazing people oh thanks i, I don't know if i found anything <laughs> yet um but yeah as far as working with with alec at six like that was uh that was a pretty phenomenal uh thing that came together so basically i'm trying to think when that 
back. I remember hearing him on your podcast. It was back two years ago, was it? Yeah, it was one of the earlier ones. Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I heard him on there. Um, and then he also had a public speaking engagement uh, down at Cardell Center uh, a number of years ago. Cool. Um, and it featured some of his music, and he got up and he talked about it. And uh, he said something really inspiring just about how much of about how much of his time is actual, that musical skill right. versus just everything else, the process yeah. and then the time and the people skills and communication and just everything that's wrapped around it. Yeah. So, so when he said that, I was like, well, if I have 10% of his skill, I, I don't think that was the math I was making, <laughs> but right. still, if you, if you have, if you have some skill and passion and interest in something and, and you can fortify it with, uh, you know, some business skills, communication skills, and just, uh, project delivery is kind of the biggest thing I've learned, uh, f- from him and also from just doing it myself. Right. So yeah, it's all the soft skills kind of around the craft itself. Yeah. Um, and I find that that's where most people struggle for sure. Well, it's, it's, it's hard for, for one, uh, t- to accumulate that, that skill over time. But also, um, I, I find people in the arts, they're the beautiful, wonderful people, but uh, I was talking to, the, to someone the other day. It's like we're all a bunch of insecure people at the end of the <laughs> oh, day. Totally, yeah. Like we're just, you know, sitting around just trying to sell myself at a, a festival the other day. And then all of a sudden I'm slinking in my chair and just talking about, yeah, the sound could have done this. And I heard this <laughs> and there's like a million one things. And I'm, I walk out of there and like, did I sell myself or did I just unsell I myself? Just unsell yeah. myself yeah. <laughs> but he was saying the exact same thing and he's kind of laughing about it. Just, yeah, we're just a bunch of insecure people just trying to create art and, um, if we all realize that we're just trying to do that and trying to do something cool, then yeah, you kind of pass that barrier. I, uh, I, I think I've talked about it on the show. I probably have an an annoying amount, but, uh, I participated in this thing called stranded water Valley. Oh, um, yeah. It was basically like survivor for charity. Um, and something that, uh, something that somebody just, just one of the other players I played with just posted on Facebook this morning. Yeah really good point about her experience which was to never ever ever be self-deprecating and mm-hmm. never ever ever um say something bad about yourself or say you think you're gonna get voted out even if you know that you are and uh and it's a really good point i mean it, i think there's a lot of comfort in in being able to be like oh i sucked at that haha <laughs> because then you put it out there and if anybody thinks that you you've covered yourself but it it can be it can be damaging, uh, and obviously in in a survivor game it's it's enhanced and magnified. Um, but I think you know words. We're talking a lot in the world about words matter right now, mm-hmm. and even even the words you say to yourself I think can be really really damaging if you're if you're not mm-hmm. careful. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, but it is. I think it's something we're all super cursed with is just being <laughs> well if i just make fun of myself or i think i think there is something human about being self-deprecating a little bit though and uh, you know in, as far as finding a connection with other people but yeah yeah you're right, you don't want to slag yeah i see what you say you know you don't want to slag don't yourself wanna, yeah, down to the bone yeah, but at the same time you want right. to be real and vulnerable and not of course yeah, puffing yeah, your yeah. chest out there's the always time. that thing where it's like i could have done better oh you know, for sure like, like yeah you look at a project that you've done you're like yeah if i had more money if i had more time I could have done better. And it's like, we're, we're rarely like, yeah, that is the best that I could do. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I also worry that people assume I have an ego or, or, and maybe I do and I, and I'm not aware of it, but, but I try to talk myself down at times just to, just so people don't think, Oh, he, th- he thinks pretty highly of himself. Um, mm. 
And I mean, that's, I mean, who cares really? Who cares what other people think? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is they're busy thinking about themselves. (laughs) (laughs) They're worrying about their own issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that that was one cool thing about just seeing, uh, watch Alec work and going to his studio uh, on a weekly basis and and just seeing. Is that what the structure was? Like, 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 because, because. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere, you you just told me, oh, hey, I worked on uh, some music for In Plainview and I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Some music. (laughs) I think it was like a a five second little bit. And (laughs) Alec said, hey, that's kind of cool. Maybe I can spin it into something else. And I'm like, okay. that's awesome, right? That's amazing. Uh, and, and then, um, yeah, I signed up with the Screen Composers Guild, uh, and they had an apprenticeship program. And I put my name forward for that. And basically, cool. they pair you with uh, a local composer uh, that'll just teach you about film scoring, the behind the scenes, everything that's kind of involved with it. And uh, I had a preference. I'd met Alec, and he's just, you know Alec, so he's the, the right temperament. He's the right oh, kind of a guy. He's yeah. just a, a kind of a golden guy. So if I had a preference, I, I put him on my list. And he said yes, and... Yeah. So just learning process and, and deliveries and, and just how he sets up his studio and, and just so just when it's time to get going, everything is ready to go. It's not right. not setting things up and different plugins and, and everything. It's all, all preset, which is really cool. I didn't realize there was some formal structure there. There's a and I also feel like I've heard of it, but I haven't really thought much about it. But there's a union for composers or a, a guild. guild yeah. yeah. Kind of like a magician's guild. Right, Somebody okay, said right. it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not an official like a union. But um, but yeah, the whole purpose of the Screen Composers Guild is just to um, just be a voice. I know they go in front of the legislature and, and government to uh, be a, a voice because uh, a lot of the way that the musician gets paid is, uh, as you know, through, through royalties. Uh, there's an upfront right, fee, but there's no RSP plan for a lot of musicians. So uh, part of their creative uh, uh, credentials and, and, and revenue is from that, from that recurring revenue. So, um, yeah, so they're, they're a voice for that and, and making sure that they get paid. And, uh, I know with Netflix and YouTube, the, the whole structure has changed and broadcasting revenue has changed in a way they get paid is, is changing. So, right, uh, of it's, course. so it's a, uh, it's a good, good voice for, uh, for the industry. Cool. Yeah. So what are these final 10 projects going to be? Do you have any idea? What? No, um, I'm not sure. Everything has been more film-based. I'm, I'm doing a couple uh, plays right now uh, locally, but uh, just most of the, the focus is, has been around um, film, which is, which is really cool. Um, and Is that where you want to be focusing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the danger, some people have said, you know, Chad, you're, it's cool that you're doing everything, but now you're kind of doing everything now. What are you going to be good at? Right. So, mm. um, <clears throat> but you know, just getting exposure to the, you know, video editing side, the production side and, and, and things that usually wouldn't be in my wheelhouse. Like I have a new appreciation for uh, what a location sound guy has to go through. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess just like you have a crew of 20 people sitting around waiting for the, to get that shot and you only have one chance to get it. So, um, yeah, so I I, th- I really think it's just that focus on the composition side and sound design. Just uh, at the end of the day, you just want things to sound good. So right. so finding ways to make that music sound good, or or edit that music, or, or edit that sound design to just clean everything up. Sounds sounds to me like you're kind of treating it like a little bit like an unofficial film school, like these first hundred projects, right? Where you're you're not necess- you're, you're focusing, but not maybe as focused as you would be if it was just straight up. Yeah. Um, right. So you're getting more of a foundation of knowledge and you're building a base of people that, you know, a network that you can tap into and you're growing your resume um, in a really smart way. And I think it's 
awesome. And I can't believe I've never heard anything like this before. before yeah, really. yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's so smart. But but at the same time, uh, without without getting too like financially personal, I think you're. I mean, the, did the layoff come with perhaps a bit of runway? Did you have, uh, or or do you have? Uh, it was a little bit. It was it was about a year. Okay. Um, and then I was like. Uh, the other thing I've learned is any amount of time that you think things will happen in, it takes like twice as long. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so it's like, yeah, oh, in about a year, I'll do a hundred projects, you know, I'll establish myself. Uh, people will either like me or not like me. And then I can, uh, you know, find a direction from there. Um, but yeah, now it's almost three years later. I'm still not at a hundred. Um, and yeah, the income thing is a, is a concern too, right? Sure. Of course. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's, it's hard to make a living in this industry to begin with and because no yeah. people will do it for free. You know, music has been commoditized in a lot of ways where you can, there's some amazing libraries out there um, with, with music where you can get it for $150 and, and slide something in. Um, but going through that process, you kind of learn, well, there's still a huge value for music in, in projects. And when, totally. if people can understand what a composer can do versus a, a library can do. Uh, that's this kind of a cool realization that, you know, maybe if you had that high value going in, I probably wouldn't have had a cool opportunity to work with, uh, emerging artists and emerging filmmakers to, to work on their projects right from the get go. Right. So that's been a, you've actually been pivotal for kind of that learning for us uh, from a corporate perspective, um, <clears throat> about when we consider pitching, originally composed music to our clients. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of them, they just can't afford it straight up. You know, they just, they barely have budget enough to get us on site with a camera, let alone doing some, some original music. And so we, we've kind of, we're starting to at least figure out when the right time is to pitch it. And for us, it's always about creating a custom tone that, that really fits with what they're going for that you might not be able to find in stock. But also, you know, we can control the pacing. We mm. can control, yeah. You know, we can control the, the 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 feeling of it. You know, when it when it's rising or falling. You know, we can control the audience's emotions way, way, way more than than if Definitely, we had. Yeah. Just to be able to say like, oh, we need like two times more hi hat and lose the yeah the piano or whatever it is. That's in, that's incredible. Totally. To, yeah. And and it's something that we didn't even really think about when we were just using stock music. Um, yeah, just the level of control you have over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But even just going in, right? Because like we'll spend hours just looking for the right song. Yeah, it can, and, uh, yeah, it can be a nightmare. No, that when time. you know, especially when you like know what you want, right? Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. yeah, yeah, we're we're getting more into that, we're trying to create our own custom stuff. We're yeah, not, not ourselves, of course, because I I can't even play piano. <laughs> it's you know what? It's so funny. I. I thought I, and I, I'm clearly wrong, but I thought I had a bit of a knack for it. Uh, when I first came to Calgary, I, I went to M Media and CSIF at the time were doing the Summer Media Arts Camp, which was a combined thing. And, and CSIF, this would have been 2004-ish, 2003-ish maybe? Um, CSIF was doing the film and M Media was doing video. And so I went with M Media. <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah. And so... We, we made these videos, these like dreamlike projects, which was very cool. And I was, you know, I was so pumped to be making my own film. And I, I did almost everything, including the music. And, and I was shocked at how easy it was mm. uh, to like just slam some instruments together. And I, I don't even know what I was using at the time. I feel like it was something like Logic, but it was... Logic or GarageBand. They have a ton of great loops. It was like even before GarageBand, oh, I, was I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it was something maybe more, sim- more simple than Logic that... Um, 
I feel like it went along with Final Cut Pro in some way. Anyway, uh, I remember going back to it like in in college and being like, all right, here I go again. I'm going to make myself a tune. And I couldn't do it. Oh, <laughs> like, no. I just I couldn't <laughs> figure it out anymore. It's uh, it, it was not as easy. Or maybe my child childish brain got it more. You know how kids can sometimes just pick things up more. I uh, I just couldn't. I could never. It was impenetrable all of a sudden. Yeah. So, I don't know. But what I wanted to ask you about was. Let's use just because you know. Presumably, people listening to the podcast are fans of the podcast. Uh, Obviously, who's, might. who's not? <laughs> well, we've got a lot of haters who just listen just because they want to hate. No, it's not true. Yeah, that's right. There's rage listening because <laughs> they have literally nothing better to do. People just driving with their hands. Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> if, you, if that's you, if we've just described you. Just, just shut it off. And pull over. You don't have to do yourself a favor and just stop. <laughs> No, I say that because those people uh, hear the music every week and they know yeah. they know the, the the tune. And so I wonder if we could sort of case study it and, and just talk about how it came to be. Yeah, that, that's how, how could we start? Um, I think I, I just kind of reached out and, and just said, hey, what did are you, you guys reach out looking to us? for? I'm usually reaching out to a lot of I people. Think you yeah. Did. yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, had, we knew about you before that. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we, we worked met, together, we, I think, a few times, actually. Uh, like... I don't know if we had. We had because at least you and I had worked together uh, on. Was it a summer project? At the summer camp. Uh, summer camp. Yeah. Oh, right. Camp. Right. Um, yeah. Which was so weird because I think I brought out our H4N for that. And, yeah. Uh, and you were like, we were nervous we'd lost some sound. And you were like listening to some files and you were like, that's Seth's voice. And I was like, how do you know Seth? And it was it was just like one of these moments where it's like, Seth works with us all the time. We love Seth. Yeah. And it was like, you're so plugged into the community. And again, it was just one of those moments where he came out of nowhere and he seems to know everybody. Like, I don't, anyway. Uh, so, so we, I think worked together because it was November of last year yes. that we started season two and season one, we just bought some stock music and yeah. just plugged it in because it does have those nice little stingers that are very short and great for transition. So, um, and that was probably the intention. Again, we, we'd revamped the, the look of the podcast, like the, all that stuff. Um, and it would, and it was definitely on my mind to do something custom with music, but I never really thought it was possible. And I, I don't know what, I don't know why you reached out. Maybe we put something out there that we were doing another episode, but I don't know if I, I did. I'm a huge, po- I was, I was already a fan of the podcast, yeah, right. uh, obviously. Right. I wasn't not one, one of the haters. haters no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm a, I always listen to podcasts too. So I, I hear somewhere there's absolutely nothing and they just use that whoosh sound in between every transition, right. which drives me nuts. But then I've, I've heard somewhere they, they have music beds underneath, you know, half the interviews and yeah. for, yeah. uh, and so I was, I was listening to yours and I was like, well, you, you guys are already tied in with the film community. It's something that I'm interested in. I'd just love to it's, it's, see if yeah. there's a fit, right? So, right. It was an actual and fit. then I think, uh, I think I threw three pieces over. Um, and usually the feedback I get from my, my work is this, that's a little too dark and demonic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pull back on that and just something happier, uh, something more epic or it's too epic. You want something that's a little more mellow. Um, and then it's just, that's kind of the fun dance, right? You're kind of just bouncing back and forth ideas and, right. and just but try, I'm trying, trying to What I'm out. trying to say to sort of secretly say to filmmakers listening is yeah. if you want to approach Chad or, or any composer about, about creating music, what, what, how, where do you start? Like, like if I, if I'm, if I'm like, oh, okay, I've done this short film and now I, I need some great music for it. What do you need me to give you to, to, oh, yeah. What's the to initial approach step? with you? Yeah. Uh, I guess just conversation. Like everybody starts with, uh, like in a film, you have temp tracks. So like, do you have some temp tracks in mind? Do you have some, 
people think visually sometimes. So you say, give me some pictures of, of what the scenes are, the characters okay. are, or um, if people just have some instruments, if they're a musician, they're like, yeah, it's like violin or piano or it's just trying to find a reference point. That seems um, to be my <clears throat> my best access point. Is, yeah. is just the the uh, musical instruments. Like yeah, I, I don't necessarily know a lot about melody or chorus or or you know fancy yeah. music words. Okay, I didn't go to music school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and but I know what a violin sounds like, and I know like that's that's my access point because I really don't. Actually, I did I did learn piano, but somehow I don't retain any of it. So yeah. so I yeah I don't I don't know how to sort of speak that language. Hey everyone, just want to take a quick second out of this conversation with Chad to tell you about the Calgary Film Center. Uh, the Calgary Film Center is a world-class screen-based production facility, suitably equipped in service so you can execute your next project with ease. Down in Southeast Calgary, they have 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages, and they also have 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces. All of this complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment. At the Film Center, they aim to deliver production support for screen industry projects, either local, national, or international, all of this in a purpose-built venue designed to service each client's individual needs. And of course, they deliver programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industries. I encourage you to check out their website and find out more at calgaryfilmcenter.com. But you know, but you still know, you still know tempo, you still know emotion, you know, intensity. Do you want dynamics? Do you want it just simple? Or do you want it drones? Do you want it tonal? Um, there's a whole bunch of kind of different things. Just as soon as you start talking about it, like, okay, yeah, it's more like this, more like that, which is kind of for, for a composer like myself, it's, that's the funnest part is just kind of, well, you want something, I can provide something. It's just, can we find something in the middle right. that, that can make sense? And sure. And that's the best, the, that's the coolest thing about music is that you can have a conversation, but like, it's a whole different language when you actually hear it, right? You're speaking on a different level than you are when you're when you're using your brains but it's same your with, mouth. It's the same with the visual too when you talk about the 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 visual side of, of film, right? Like the color and the shots and that's that's one side that I'm I'm still trying to comprehend and just understand. It's just amazing just the visuals that people can capture and right. uh, there's no way I could put into words like how did you do that or or what kind of shot right, is right, that? Right, yeah. or, um but it's just trying to figure that out, right? Yeah, totally. Um so going back to our, our piece of music, um, yeah. actually, I, I want to detour because I don't want to forget it because I, I didn't even think of this question until you just sparked it, which is when you're working with theater, yeah, like where is the play at when you kind of get started? Are you right there at the beginning? Or are you kind of going to rehearsals early and getting a vibe for yeah. what it feels like? Or are you kind of coming in late in the game and, you know... That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Uh, and that's it's kind of a neat thing where theater is different than than film because you know film you have everything is supposed to be picture locked and no more changes and then you, <laughs> and then uh, it's and then rolls his eyes and and then you uh, create music from that right and that's kind of your your palette right. that you work from right. uh, but with theater you can be there just from day one with rehearsals so it could be the first day when all the actors are meeting each other uh, set lighting costume are still just presenting their pitches um, and you're just kind of getting into the theater space. You haven't figured out blocking or anything like that. Like where's a transition, where's not a transition. Right. And it's just words on a page uh, to me. Like everything is very black and white and you're trying to think, well, there's like a dozen different ways you can interpret the scene. And uh, so that's the fun thing about theater is that you're there for pre-production, for creation, and then post-production for delivery. And somebody else is delivering that product. 
um, which is cool. Whereas film, it's completely the opposite. You're, you're, you're left out of the pre-production phase, which right. I don't know, maybe that can change in, in the future, but to be, to understand that pre-production phase and understand the characters more up front. Um, but you just really see everything in post-production. You got two, three weeks to, to pull it all together. Yeah. So there, and the reason I asked that is because when, is there, is there a point where you're like, okay, I think I've got a good vibe for the music and, and maybe the theater company is, is at the stage of say like full runs, like a full run. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you say, can I throw some music in while you guys are rehearsing this? And, and like, can, can I start to rehearse with you sort of and, and coalesce the, the music with the performances? And, and then my follow-up question to that is, does that affect the performances? It, it can. Yes. If it's, if it comes in early enough, which is kind of a fun thing too, is if you, uh, if you're creating as you're watching them work through scenes in different se sections, then, then you have an opportunity to be a part of that. Right. They can, like I've worked with directors where they say, oh, I can hear that chat. I hear that voice. Can you just take that voice, let it carry out and then we'll take the violin and we'll just kind of fade it out and reverb it out. And then it's like, yeah, that is a real integral part of cool. the play. So rather than just Okay, just just do a three second fade on that piece of music. Right, <laughs> right. right. Uh, so you, you get a lot more flexibility with uh, you know, for a theater company if you're right. working with the musicians. So yeah, it's and, and it's far from uh, an original idea. But but I remember watching the uh, you know the Stranger Things uh, has their own like behind the scenes talk show with the with Dean Brothers. from uh, yeah from, yeah, from Community as the host, yeah. uh, and they were talking about how I think. I don't even remember the scene, but there's a, I think it was in season one. There's a little girl going kind of walking through a hallway. Yeah. And, and because, you know, she's so young, she doesn't necessarily understand direction very well. Um, and is maybe easily distracted. And so what they would do is they would play really scary music for her to walk through this oh, hallway. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that like affected her performance, right? Like she emoted kind of fearfully because of of and obviously you have to replace all the sound but um you get that performance out of that person i just wonder if you've ever experienced that does does the music that you've injected enhance the performances or maybe it, it d deters in some way yeah it's um like actually i did a play with atp recently and up like it was a very sweet ending and it w was uh it was a really nice piece of music it worked great and director was happy i was happy um i was fairly happy i was looking for opportunities to change it up because I, I wasn't sure if it just fit but um, then it came to just a couple of days before, before the opening night. And it was like, Chad, this, this, this piece, is, it just isn't working. Is there something else we can do? Which is, you know, it, she needed something bigger and majestic and a, a hero kind of feel. And it was just very sweet and, and just too nice. So you, you get a day, a day and a half to kind of come up with something else. And it's only 30 seconds, but you have to go in a completely different direction, right. which is, uh, I like being terrified right. and <laughs> I, I like, I like pressure and project yeah, yeah, deadlines. Yeah. Oh, you um, must have loved this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but then it just kind of puts you in a spot like, well, this has to open in two days. So you got to figure something out that, that works. So, um, but yeah, when we got the, the right music in there, it just completely changed that whole scene like cool. with lighting yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and set and everything and just how everything ended up. So. Yeah. You use the word majestic, which is such a great descriptive word. And I wonder without you know without naming any names uh is there do you ever come across you know those those words that's a that's a great word for example but it may mean something different to a director mm, yeah. than it does to you and then you have this sort of 
communication breakdown or maybe people are saying oh i just want it bigger or smaller and what does that mean necessarily (laughs) right it sound exciting (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly upbeat and tempo yeah Yeah. so is there like what what kind of language tools can directors or producers or creators put in their vocabulary that might make that easier um i think the 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 emotion is is one thing for sure just how 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 does it make them feel that tempo is a big thing to get dialed into um so the beats per minute and and then just the style of music because you know I've, one play I did is Italian 1920s music so it okay. had a very specific era and, and, and genre um, but then there's a lot where it's just very contemporary so it's right. just trying to find the era of, of where things sit too um, and and just the sounds like too they, you don't want to get married to the temp track right uh, which is always a danger because you sure. don't want to be yeah. well we already got Hans Zimmer in here so can you just <laughs> yeah. make it sound like <laughs> yeah, that can you, yeah, totally. make it like Junkie XL like it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mad Max like, okay yeah, great yeah. that's always the, the bar um, but yeah if, if you but, have uh, like actually like like Italian 1920s music you have to you, you do that and you do you know our podcast music and like how, like how do you have that range of ability I I th- I think it's I'm not an expert in in any one thing right um, and kind of goes back to well Chad you're, you're maybe being too general with with things in your 100 project plan approach maybe just focus on one thing but I think at the same time like theater just really allows you to get caught in an area go back to the 1920s for Italy or if you need to have something more Tudor style and go more Game of Thrones and then you can focus on that um, or if it's childlike and for loose moose or storybook theater it's like you need to jump all over the place course, right? yeah. uh which i think theater allowed me to just play and play with that so rather than just play with sourced music and just try fade and fade out like i got to actually spend extra time to compose for that genre or that era um and then for film too it's um i was talking with somebody the other day is it's just libraries seem to have a really good handle on contemporary music um anything cool and hip and contemporary sure. folksy uh there's lots out there but one thing he was saying is just if there's anything cultural or anything that's kind of outside of that box it's he said it's really hard to find and so um what i found is just people that are looking for something more unique something that was you know based on something in you know tibet like i did a mm. project for for a sequence for that and so f- really finding cultural music that that fits that cool or japanese slash uh, Jewish Holocaust sure. oh, kind sure. of music, which right. I think what is, what kind of music is that? But it, you, I'm sure it exists. Kind of yeah, sure. It sounds awesome. <laughs> well, I, well, and I mean, that's, you know, I have a, I have a friend who is um, a cellist um, and he is uh, like amongst the top 100 cellists in the world. He's very accomplished. Wow. He just, yeah, he, he's played um, the Philharmonic, I think. Um, and, and so, I ask him like, what do you do every day? Cause this is what he does for a living. He teaches. That's how he, that's how he makes, makes money too. But he, 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 and I was like, so when you've done four or five hours of practice in a day, what else is there to do? Like, do you, yeah. like, how do you keep, keep going that way? And he says, I do a ton of research. He says, I, I like, I look into what was going on in the time of the composer. Yes. Uh, like what was the, you know, what was the feel of the, of the, of the, uh, you know the political sphere like so, so yeah i mean I, absolutely you know and it's happening now like like barbara streisand just dropped a new album like a couple of days ago and it's all about trump like it's all about what's going oh, on yeah. yeah so so yeah i think that's a very good point i'm sure there is music that is affected by what's going on in the world all the time and just dissecting that music too like i'm, I'm sure he goes 
like the the rhythms and the scales that that are used today for contemporary music are completely different than what was used years ago. Uh, so when I was focusing on Japanese or, or that Jewish element for a play, um, I was like, I don't know anything about the right. klezmer band. I, like I know the instruments, but as far as the time signatures and and what what scales they use, it's it's not it's not standard chromatic right. scales. It's it's something a little bit different. So you gotta dive in you kind of figure out what they're doing and then you kind of try to emulate that and make it fit with it so that's uh yeah that's kind of the geeky fun part about it so cool so if everybody's asleep right now no I'm, somebody's raging i'm realizing that it's the same as you know any other craft in this industry right like with cinematography it's the same thing you go and you look at old movies yeah and it's totally different you dissect. Yeah, exactly. And a shot, you know. Whatever you can from that. Yeah. What a shot is doing in a movie from the 50s is totally different than today. And I think it's the same with music. But except with music, you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of you know, stuff to go back and check through, right? So yeah, and, there's and, a lot and, more to, to yeah, study. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And someone like your friend, he'd be like a virtuoso, you know, instrumentalist. And he's yeah. just, you know, thousands of hours into one instrument and yeah. and runs and everything. Uh, but what I what I learned from my apprenticeship too was was just the the ability to be that amazing p- piano player, amazing guitarist. You you don't need to have that that physical skill. Like if you can hear it, uh, you can imagine it um, right. and dissect like what you're saying. Dissect that music, uh, then you can create that, uh, which is kind of uh, how a composer can be different than a, a musician. Like I was surprised right. to see uh, I took a Dead Mouse. Uh, Masterclass. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, nice. on, uh, yeah, yeah. Ma- yeah, yeah. Masterclass. masterclass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, uh, I just find him fascinating. He's an interesting guy. Um, but uh, I was blown away to see him working, and he, the guy, does not play a single instrument. Like he, really, he, yeah. He cannot read a note. He doesn't understand. Right. He just plays with chiclets on his, uh, on his program. Chiclets. So, what's what's chiclet? um, what I, I call chiclet? Like like he draws all his notes in. Oh, okay. He's like okay. he just sees a visual pattern. He says this this makes sense here visually, and this this kind of creates this sound so this is how i'm going to create this and cool um more like kind of molding clay than actually then writing something exactly he just sees things completely different which is kind of cool fascinating he's he is an interesting dude like apparently i I think i followed him on twitter or something and and he posted that he he says he said something he, he basically used a fan's music he, yeah. Like a fan had sent him some music and like he was like, oh, I'm using this. I'm collaborating with this person. And suddenly he's on this track like this random person. And 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 he's like he kind of like didn't mean to give out, give give up the information that he does listen to the music that people send him because oh, he gets a ton of it. Right. Um, and yeah. he's like and he's like, I don't want to get people's hopes up. It was just the perfect thing at the perfect time with this other music I was working on. And it was, you know, so it's not like something he does all the time, <laughs> but like. It worked, so he did it. Yeah, he's interesting. Yeah, and that's the neat thing about music too these days is it's it's very, you know, the idea of a, the big band and somebody coming in and creating that amazing score. Like it's like there's like I'm not going to be the next John Williams. I'm pretty sure of that, but I I'm pretty sure I can come in and and just you know take other pieces and and mix it to something that it needs to be and just find something fascinating and. And you kind of look back at films and like if you watch John Williams talk about Star Wars and you see that those original times when he's sitting with George Lucas at the piano yeah. um, and having a full orchestra while the movie is playing in the background. And, and that's how they used to actually score. Like you can slow everything down um, if once everything is picture locked and, and just really hone in on mm. those specific scenes and, and get things right. 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 So, yeah. I guess there's cool. a, a bit more control in that aspect yeah. for sure. 
So what is what is like the ultimate dream project? Ultimate dream project. Like Star Wars 10 or, <laughs> or is it a movie <laughs> or like is it, you know, a series or like what what is that kind of like, yes, like I could finally stop being self-deprecating because I've done it. <laughs> am, I, am I that bad? <laughs> no, no, no. I, just As I mean, question no, myself yeah. right now. <laughs> am I that bad? Oh, I am. I am that bad. Oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> Uh, what is the ultimate? I, I think it's just a cross section of, of just interests, passions and people uh, for me. Um, so I, I know I'm huge into uh, snowboarding was a big part of, of my life, and my family's life. Um, uh, so, you know, adventure and snow culture. I just came from the Banff Mountain Film Festival. Cool. Oh, yeah. And I was just I didn't know what to expect going in, but I was just blown away at the resilience of the stories of people, what right. they overcome. Uh the measures that they they climb, the mountains they climb, yeah, 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 um, and and just the just the amazing stories that come out of that, right? So, um, so just finding those pockets of people where you have that kind of cross section of of, of culture and, mm-hmm. and working with cool people, I think I, I don't know if I ever arrive, and that's kind of the trick in my brain. I'm like you, like when you're a sales guy, you you have a quota for the quarter for the for each company and you, you got to hit that number and that's what your focus is. But, um, I've tried to untrain my brain for the past few years and just say, um, if you make it project based, you focus on the process and, and then just connect with cool people, then just let whatever come out of that right. and let that be the focus. Um, so that was a beautiful non-answer, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I want to, no, I, I want to, I, I just want to make music and I want things to sound good. Cool. And, and work with people and make that happen. And definitely on the film side too. Right on. Yeah. So I feel like I sidetracked us off of the, the case study idea and I just want to finish. Oh, it's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to f- finish the, the conversation about the, the music for this show. Yeah. Which was, I, I remember saying to you, because because Scott and I were entering sort of a new phase in our careers, which was um, In Plain View was done and we were going to be moving into like distribution and like when we talk about what's going on in our, our lives every week, we're going to be having conversations more around exhibition and festivals and sort of the, when, when the film is done side of the conversation. So I, I thought, uh, and we'll see we can, (laughs) that didn't go as well as hoped. Uh, but we did make another movie. So, uh, that's nice. But the, um, the, the sort of the, the, for me, I, I think about sitting in the theater and that's, and that's, you know, we changed the cover to like a, sitting in the theater yeah. there's the screen yep. and so i was like the best the best memories i have in a movie theater were were skipping class mm-hmm. and going to see movies at like you know matinees at the at the downtown movie theater and it always had you know the cineplex at that time had that like opening intro that sort of 3d um and it had it was like bonkers it was yeah it was like crazy <laughs> yeah, sound effects over, yeah. and like and me and my friends it always ended with like a gun like cocking and then and then shooting and we would always like do that <laughs> like in the air oh when there's such a nerd. <laughs> so I, I wanted to sort of recapture that. Then that's that. So that's what I, I remember saying to you is like, remember that? And I think we, I think it's on YouTube. I think I sent it. Uh, yeah. I think I found it and sent it. Um, and so was that shitty? Does that put you in like a box or, or, or is that a good thing? No. Yeah. It, it goes back to that, uh, like that, that trailer intro, like, right. uh, like I'm, I'm sitting down at a theater and this is, uh, about to happen. Right. We got to just you drum everything up that right. 20th century Fox or yeah, 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 Cineplex exactly, Odeon yeah. one back in the yeah. day. There's, there's a whole bunch of quick little musical signatures to, to kind of just get you in tune for what's about to happen. Right. So and I think that was kind of the thing is cause the musical piece, um, 
try to read go through it but it's, it's almost like an orchestra warming up at the mm-hmm. beginning yes yes it's just like mm-hmm. okay we're That's just right. getting yeah. set down and then all of a sudden you know the drums come in and 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 that pace sets up and it's kind of action oriented and exciting and and driving forward right so, right 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 um then you get our voices strong <laughs> about deadlines, and I I, I, I worried that people would would, would kind of feel like it was over the top or too or too much. Yeah, uh, but I don't think anybody has, and it and it yeah maybe I'm wrong, but but it seems to have fit very nicely into the show. I, I like it a lot. Oh, good as is, yeah, good good, super dope. Super Where? Dope. Uh, so, what's the very next project? What are you working on right now, or what's what's that? What, do you know? Do you have something on the that you're cooking? I do. I have I have a couple shorts. Uh, I have a small animation project which I've uh, been working on for the past three years. Oh, cool! And it's like every year they come up with another little episode for it. Um, so I'm working on on that. Working on a short uh, with Chris Mish uh, for some music. Uh, just had two theater productions. Just finish off, um, and then. I have a piece that uh, that's going to Whistler Film Festival, which is going to be what? phenomenal. Congrats! Yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. So I actually signed on. I approached the guys in the snowboard community and just kind of reached out, and we had some similar friends. And uh, my goal was, hey, I want to score this. Like, I want yeah. to make this epic. I want to make it cool, or w- whatever you want it to be. That's let's figure that out. Um, but in that process, a, a lot of it was they already had some temp tracks picked. So, and it fit. You know, at first I'm kind of oh. You know, right. up against the libraries again, but, right, right, right. but a lot of it fit really good. They're like, but Chad, we need help on dialogue editing. We need help on the sound design. We need to kind of mix it all together. Is that something you'd be interested in and want to do? I'm like, for sure. So, so I took that on, um, and I got a couple pieces of music in their back door, which is nice. Nice. Um, but then I, I heard it at Banff Film Festival and there's just, you know, that, that artist comes out you're like, there's always a few things you want to tweak you right on different room, different speakers. Sure, so sure. there's just a different mix I want to. Uh, tweak up here for whistlers so, all right cool. yeah nice yeah. uh oh i had it i had one and then i lost it um the uh i'm totally lost i'm sorry oh it's all good <laughs> <laughs> but uh i i guess i guess what i keep kind of coming back to is is this idea of like uh how, like what do you like you said you just said oh i'm up against the libraries is it like is it is it a, a help or a hindrance or is it both kind of? Well, yeah, I'm, since I'm new to it, I, 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 I see it there as, as a, a competitor, but right. like, so I haven't been here like doing right. this 20 years right. and, and just being frustrated with the libraries. But, but now other people are asking like, what, what's your library? Where's your music? Where can I find it? Where can I dissect stuff like that? That reminds me of my question. Yeah. Which, which is, is- <laughs> which, which is, I think the direction that things need to go, because if I keep getting asked that, right, like, um, like you want things to happen organically with people, to let's have a start from sure the beginning and let's work towards that end. But people, you know, for time and money and and commitment, they're like they're halfway through the process already. They're like, you know what, I like you, I like your music. Uh, can I go to a library and just kind of find some ideas that I could pull into my work? Um, so it's kind of yeah. I think I mean you know responding to the market is not anything to be ashamed of right i think if people are asking for that it's certainly something to look into yeah so i think that's kind of a next step is trying right. to figure that out is it's just how can how can you compartmentalize or 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 get music to a certain place where you know what i kind of like this bed I, I like this sound i like this um, right and then just 
I don't want to say it's like McDonald's, but yeah, you go in, I want this, this, and this, but have it be unique music that fits your, your genre. Um, mm. and, and that, that's kind of the, I want it to be that easy for people and, right. and that wouldn't be a, I'm not a programmer, so that couldn't be an app. It'd just be like a sit down thing to say, you know what, Matt likes this, you like this, let's, let's kind of meld this all together and, and create it together. Cause, uh, going in the theater, if you work with somebody musical, um, they, they can hear that. They can say, you know what, Chad, I liked what you did here in scene one, but over scene five, that violin, like, is there a way we can bring that together? And, right. And it's like, absolutely. I sit at a keyboard for 20 minutes and I bounce something out and they're like, yes, yeah, yeah, that fits. Um, and on film side, I think it could easily be that way too. I, I just cool. haven't had those projects where it has that kind of rapid fire back, back and, and forth, forth, like in, like in a theater atmosphere. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Now I'm reminded of my question, which is what would, what would be your like genre of music? What would you like if, if, if you just had to create a piece of music without any other inspiration, what's your, like, what are the instruments you would use? What's the, what's kind of the Chad music? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I would pick. I, I'm trying to think what I'd pick. Um, I don't know if I... I think I, it's just I would, straight theremin for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the sound of silence. Um, <laughs> no, I think it would be... I don't know if I could do that. I, I think... No? I, I really think what I've learned through this is, is that um, my music... Like, I'm, I'm not a person where I would want to be showcased on a stage, my music, my band, right. my image, you, you your know vision what I'm saying? Kind of thing, like yeah, I'm, like- yeah, I'm, I'm happier to, to, to kind of ask the questions of what's, what's your vision? What's your passion? Where, what does this film mean to you? Where do you need this to go? And, and then try to figure that out. So it's more, more figuring out what other people need, mm-hmm. if, if, if that makes sense. Um, and then just trying to draw in those inspirations from, from film and, and, and vision from the directors to, to bring that in. All right, cool. That's a non-answer. Again. It's a cop-out answer. <laughs> answer. No, no, but no. it does shed some light on, I think, what your passion is, which is not necessarily about the the finished product. It's more, the, for you, the passion is about the collaboration and, yeah, it, and the process and working with people. And then whatever comes out of it is is the result of, of the heart of it to you, I think. Yeah, that's it, Scott. Yeah, so it's where things fit in with, with everything else. Because right. uh, let's face it, the music is only one small part of that theater production or that film, and there's like tons of other hours put into it to find the visual and the acting and and everything else. So it's but people it, underestimate how powerful it is. Like, like oh, hugely. Even oh, I, it's yeah. even it's knowing everything. that, even yeah. like like <laughs> I remember, I remember, I don't know what it was. Like maybe sixty minutes as a kid took the like somebody took the music out of Jaws as an example, right? Yeah, and yeah. then and then put the music back in and, and it was like, Whoa, this is way more intense, way more suspenseful. Like it's, it, it, it goes a long, long way. And, and I have to say the, the most, um, I, I, I've said it before, the most fulfilling, uh, creative artistic experience of my life was working with Alec on, on the music for and plain view because, yeah. because you speak this other language and you connect with someone on this, this and it's not even a language. It's like a, it's an experiential It is communication. Though. It is absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but it's, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even call it a language. It honestly felt like, um, no uh, spoilers for arrival. You guys like arrival. I love arrival. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when they start to like 
reveal. Communicate right. when they actually start to like, oh, now we're actually communicating. It, it's like, wow, this is some some other other level of of. It is it, it is a language. Yeah, but yeah. It's one you didn't really know. You totally. Spoke, yeah, right? totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it but it was uh, it and it was also super weird to to be as on the same page. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's maybe I got very lucky at that time, but um, it was like get out of my brain type of stuff sometimes. So anyway, uh, yeah. So that, so anyway, the reason I asked that question is because I, I guess I was sort of trying to tease out some of the, some of the words that you would use to describe the music that you would make. So, so if I can get you to say, you know, right. Majestic. Give, give, yeah, give me the descriptive words. Oh, of, uh, I guess I did say it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back to the original. Um, I, I do like big, I like majestic, I like powerful. Um, but then I, I also like, emptiness and and mm. just quiet um when i say quiet it's like just simple um mm. subtle um and, and just finding those dynamics because you can do that in film because you listen to music today it's and if you look at a wave file it's just a big block it's right. just just everything's the same volume everything is normalized right uh there's not a lot of interesting things going on as far as dynamics but film's a neat place where you can play with that right mm. you can have something big can have a lot of neat textures to play with um um and then contemporary but also pulling from cultural references too so if if there is a, a unique instrument or a unique sound right. that relates to a scene like i love i love playing with that sort of stuff yeah cool did i give you a couple that yeah, was a yeah. real answer that was great yeah, yeah. 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 No, okay great. let's cut the last 20 minutes <laughs> this is a 20 minute podcast yeah. now. uh what are you listening to right now what am i um I was listening to Mac Miller of all things. Mac Miller, oh, okay, um, which is probably not my my mo right here, right, but right. Uh, um, just for for what people listen to today um, and things that I wouldn't listen to is kind sure. of a neat thing about music. Like right, my, my Spotify list. I right. just I love Spotify for exactly. Isn't that. it crazy? Yeah. Like I love the game where I, I go into a room and I'll just say, "Hey, what are your top five songs?" And then I'll just add it to my Spotify, and that's Scott's playlist. Cool. And and just kind of get in people's heads that way and just like, hey, yeah, this is how people relate, see the world that I don't. Because you kind of get stuck in your own ways day in, day out, right? So I find Spotify a great place to just expand your mind, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I, don't, I, I did the trial just recently and, and so I got to I got to know the the discovery piece yeah. of it where you get to where it recommends other music to you and I... Uh, I found it very interesting. Like, like I did, and I genuinely did discover some music that I had not heard of before or known about and loved. And yeah. so that could be very cool. You, you, yeah. It's actually kind of scary too. machine learning. Like you just feed it, you know, feed it what you like. And then, yeah, the robots are going to take over. And, and they give soon. you a certain level of in, information. So it'll be like, uh, like I know John Hopkins is really inspirational for simple piano, mm. ethereal kind of feels, but then you like chunky XL, just the big Mad Max kind of. Right. Epic music, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johan Johansson f uh, for scores for he passed away, but you know Icelandic composer and just there's just some amazing amazing music out there. What did he do? I know the name, but I, I can't remember what um, scores he's done. Was it Theory of Everything? Oh, okay. Was, was yeah. Cool. I think yeah, I wonder there. what. Yeah, there's something I must know from. Um, yeah. Anyway, would, uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Or uh, yeah, you're the first guest to have a notepad with him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to down as, as no, we no, go. I, it's uh, interesting. No, I'll lose my train of thought if I don't write down. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I have good, to okay. point to my it's next a good tool. thing. So, um, no, I, I just really like what uh, like what I like to do right now is it's really cool. So uh, I appreciate that. 
you guys have me in here to talk today and appreciate that you that you're the the sound of the podcast it's <laughs> <laughs> nice oh no i no i love it um yeah and just however you guys need help or anyone needs help out there like uh like yeah how can people find you like what, what, oh ex- that's a good how can question they, how can they reach out and, and say hey I, I need help i'm uh i'm on twitter chad blaine b-l-a-i-n no e uh twitter facebook um got yeah. a website there's a few different ways but yeah it's just finding little tiny projects and like I'm working on a couple of podcasts mm-hmm. right now too, just to sweeten things up for people and just, uh, yeah, just want to make music and do cool stuff. Uh, how often do you get approached to be part of a, uh, of an application? Because that's a little bit of a sneaky trick. If you're a producer or director and you're listening is to go in with a composer attached, like for a story have project or a grant application. Yeah. Um, that that adds a layer of legitimacy and a layer of I'm thinking ahead um, that I think a lot of projects don't have. Yeah, that's so, a good point. So, um, yeah, I think if you're listening, maybe reach out to Chad earlier than later. Uh, you know, instead of when the film is done and you're waiting and you're looking for music. Yeah, and actually, StoryHive is a great place. Yeah. Uh, for that, because uh, I think the whole process of StoryHive is fantastic to give emerging artists that first shot. Um, but once they have that money and they have that commitment, it's again like. Okay, we got a crew, we got we got the cameras, yeah. we got everything, and then all of a sudden post production oh, comes yeah. like, okay, we got to figure out music yeah. or we got to do this. So yeah, uh, that's absolutely. it's been a good source of opportunity for me just to work with people I'd never work on, as totally. projects with an indigenous focus or um, LGBTQ, like right. um, race focus. Like there's a whole bunch of like I'm a middle aged white dude right. and I'm getting exposed to all these different stories, which is fascinating that I usually wouldn't get exposed Absolutely. to and be a part of that. Yeah, story, yeah, yeah. And, and, and be, you know, part of the emotional center of it, right? Yeah. With the music. Um, that's a big responsibility. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I couldn't handle that. I'm not good enough, <laughs> but I know where, I know where middle C is though on a piano. <laughs> now you're self-deprecating. Huh? <laughs> no, 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 that's just, that's the truth. Uh, sweet man. Well, Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for, for giving us your time uh, and your your music. No, my pleasure. I, I usually like listening more than talking, so this is the most <laughs> I've talked all week, so I appreciate the time. Well, if you're listening to the podcast now, the musical outro is probably playing as oh, we yeah, speak. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we'll get into the music news. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Okay. Hooey. All right. Thanks, Chad. That was a that was a really cool episode. Um, yeah, a lot about. I don't know why we don't talk about self deprecating more often. But it's <laughs> yeah, such a, it's true, such a it's real true. thing. It's it's so funny. Yeah, like like I said, I, I was I was doing that that stranded water valley thing, and um, it's 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 a really interesting you know magnifying glass on on yourself and on your nature and on the way you interact with others and the way others interact with you and um, and yeah. It's, uh, yeah, cool experience that 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 was like, oh, I can apply this to this moment right, right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, and it is, it's it's a good lesson for all of us to n- not be so hard on ourselves yeah. sometimes. All right, let's uh, get into the news you can use. Brought to you by Bleeding Art Industries. As always, they present us with a uh, tip of the week from Bleeding Art. So here it is. As most filmmakers know, it is getting increasingly difficult to get adequate financing and revenue generating distribution in today's crowded market. Although there are more opportunities for our work to be seen, there's less money and more competition. It can be tempting to lower our standards and try to hit it out of the park with something mainstream that you think will make money or have a huge audience, but does that project speak to what's in your heart? 
Does it reflect your authentic voice? Don't try to be someone you're not and try to replicate other filmmakers' work. If you have something to say, say it your way. The power of speaking from the heart and with your own voice is the best strategy we can have, both for our own work and for the people we're trying to engage. Well, uh, another uh, another great one. Thanks, Bleeding Art. Okay, let's uh, get into some upcoming deadlines. Uh, first on the list is the Youth Queer Media Program. We talked a little bit about this last week, but the deadline is coming up on November 15th. Um, this is a program that runs every year from December to March, uh, and it's for youth ages 16 to 14 to share your story uh, and a unique perspective on queer identity for youth today. Uh, you can So it's the creation of a short film up to 15 minutes long, and you don't have to have any film experience going into this. So the point of it all is to kind of show you the ropes and show you how it's all done. Um, provides you with the time and the tools to create a short film, including workshops with industry professionals. And you'll learn how to do storyboarding, editing, filming, and production. And all of this culminates in the world premiere of your film at the Fairy Tales Queer Film Festival in May. And of course, the opportunity for additional screenings as they arise. So the deadline is coming up uh, November 15th. Uh, you can find a link to the show notes for more information and to apply. We talked about it uh, last episode a little bit, but uh, just a reminder that the deadline for applying to the next Story Hive uh, ed- edition is December 4th. Uh, now, it's interesting because that deadline is uh, is actually 1 p.m. Alberta time, noon uh, BC time. So uh, people people are always like, oh, it's, it, we're, it's the, the deadline's noon yeah. or, or like the announcement comes out at noon and it's always an hour later for right. us. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but keeping in mind, of course, that this edition is the Indigenous Creators Edition and each uh, team must have at least two Indigenous key creatives, including the project lead and one female key creative so uh check out the link in the show notes or storyhive.com for more information on that upcoming events mm-hmm. it, there's it, a new award show in it town gets ever closer there's an award show for southern alberta filmmakers mm-hmm. fava has fava fest calgary yep. historically uh hasn't had anything that's right yeah at least Until not that now. i'm aware of yeah you know we're, we're probably assholes and there's like oh you guys <laughs> forgot about this and we're like oh yeah shit uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, stinger awards coming up. Um, and, uh, we're, we're sort of knee deep in, in planning, uh, and, and making the event a reality, but there's some exciting things coming. I, I happen to know that there's going to be a cotton candy cart, um, which, <laughs> which sounds pretty fun. Um, and Those of course, goddamn mess though afterwards. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, luckily we don't have to, uh, be the ones to clean that up, but, uh, it is. Uh, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be a, a great opportunity to, um, you know, as we've mentioned before, um, give thanks and and um, uh, you know, sort of praise and honor uh, Phil Laterno, who has been such a strong uh, leader and instructor and teacher, um, and uh, has had such a strong impact in the Southern Alberta film community. Absolutely. So um, I'm pretty excited to to kind of honor him uh, that night, as well as honor a, a number of deserving filmmakers and actors. Um, um, for uh, for great work uh, over the last couple of years, and uh, then go party and and drink some beers. I need cotton candy. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm stoked for that too. It's gonna be a fun night. Yeah. Um, so there are there's a screening coming up. It's the fall 2018 on location member screening and directors talk. Uh, this is put on twice a year by CSAF, showcasing the best of the members' latest films. Um, it's designed to highlight the great work being done within the Alberta independent filmmaking scene. And is also a great networking opportunity for CSIF members. Are you listening? <laughs> um, people ask for networking opportunities. Here is one. No doubt. Uh, this is all happening at C-Space on Saturday, November 10th at 7 p.m. Tickets are $5 and can be purchased uh, advanced, in advance via Eventbrite or I think at the door. 
Uh, and of course, this is also a volunteer opportunity. So if you're looking to get yes. your CSIF hours this is um, true. towards a production membership, uh, it's a great opportunity to get some of those. So um, yeah, check out the links to the show notes and uh, we'll see you there on November 10th. Love it. Uh, also on November 10th, uh, the Shooting with the Scarlet uh, workshop is happening at the CSIF. Um, this is something we mentioned regularly, and it, and it happens a lot at the CSIF because you can't actually rent uh, sort of the the premier uh, CSIF video camera without having taken this course. Uh, Which makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> it's a complex camera, and, and it's really kind of the... The one of the one of the most expensive pieces of equipment I think that the CSAF rents out. So uh, they do want to make sure people have uh, some knowledge about what they are um, uh, working with. So that's right. happening uh, November tenth, uh, ten a.m. to five p.m. One hundred and twenty for members and students. One sixty for non-members. Of course, the instructor Aaron Bernakovich. Uh, so check out csif.org for more information on that. If you've never been on a film set before, there is one course. Uh, that you're generally required by everybody to have taken, um, even if you're not going to film school, uh, at least, or certainly on a union show, this is an absolute mandatory thing, a baseline to get you started. It is called the Set Etiquette and Protocol Course, uh, and this is taught every month to the general public. Anyone interested in the film industry, uh, you're welcome to attend. Um, and this month, it's being taught by Gail Kennedy, as it has been for the last many months. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, if not the premier makeup artist in Alberta, um, she worked on Fargo, among many other uh, amazing credits. And uh, this is a three-hour course that will cover uh, the do's and do nots on locations, um, job expectations, safety, on-set vocabulary, um, and just basically what you know what your first day on a film set might look like. Uh, and of course, if you're applying for uh, membership for IATSE Local 212, um, you have to register for this course anyway. So this is happening on November 17th at 11 a.m. Uh, and it will run until 2 p.m. And this is down uh, at IATSE's office, which is uh, 208-57th Ave Southwest. You can find out the link uh, in the show notes uh, for more information. It's only $40. Uh, it's well worth your time. I don't know, it might even be worth my time for a refresher. Yeah, me too. I've been, I've been thinking about it too. <laughs> um, or you can check out IATSE212, which is I-A-T-S-E 212.com for more information and to register. Uh, the uh, online webinar that we talked about last week uh, or last episode, uh, Protect Your Production 101 PYP, uh, being held by uh, two wonderfully um, experienced entertainment lawyers uh, uh, is, uh, of course, happening Wednesday, no- November 21st, uh, with part two happening Wednesday, November 28th. Um, yeah, you, you're going to want to sign up for this. I, 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 I took the first kind of round of it and it's just filled with so much great information, um, that you probably aren't thinking too much about because you probably didn't get into film to, to, (laughs) to be, uh, doing a lot of, um, uh, the nitty gritty around, uh, copyright and and protecting your production properly. Uh, but it's stuff you need to know if you are going to be making your own films. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. If you didn't, you know, get into film for this stuff, as Matt said, it's, it's really important to learn it. Um, and if you know someone who did get into film for that stuff, be their best friend mm. <laughs> and just suck up to them and, and clutch onto them and never let go. Right. Because those are unicorns in our industry, the people who love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So there are a couple things shooting right now. Spiral feature film by uh, Chris Ball and Kurt Harder shooting in Calgary until November 17th. Uh, Realization Inc has just wrapped. That's Scott Lepp and Sandy Summers. Their uh, TELUS web series. Really excited. Congrats to them for, for wrapping on that. Uh, there's this TV series in Calgary that I'm not too familiar with. It's called Secret History of the Wild West. Mm. 
uh, and that is starting on November 26th, and it's running until April 26th. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So we're going to find out more about this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Tenfold, which is the Disney uh, feature film shooting right now. It will go until December 13th. They'll break for Christmas, and then they're back until January or February 14th, 2019. It's not cool. bad. It's all in Calgary, I'm noticing. Um, which is too bad, but I understand how that works. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, that's that. If you have anything up in Edmonton that's shooting, let us know, and we can let the community know about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of which, uh, I'm just re- I'm just remembering uh, that uh, hashtag Roxy is, I think, out on VOD platforms, and and I think it's like on Xbox Live yeah, or, or yeah. stuff it was like, like that. This week that it just came out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, be sure to check out that show, uh, that movie that uh, was shot in Edmonton. Speaking of Edmonton, yeah, by some friends of ours at Mosaic Entertainment, written by Tony Binns, who's hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Teen comedy, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, very it's cool. Absolutely worth your time. Based, check it out. based on uh, the the um, uh, I, the the Cyrano de, yeah, Bur- de Bergerac, de Bergerac story, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of Edmonton, uh, position for a film editor in Edmonton up uh, with a company called Canadian Harkara Inc. Um, they're looking for a, a full-time position for uh, $29 to $30 an hour. Um, looking for someone to start as soon as possible. And, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's as is often the case, um, you know, you, you, you're probably... Uh, we're, you know, especially in news, right? We see this a lot. You're kind of a one-man yeah. band, one-woman band. They're calling it film editor, but yeah. when you look at what they're looking for, it's There's like a lot more coordinate and here. direct the photography of yeah. production. Yeah. You know, film it. Uh, lighting, camera <laughs> lighting, angles, yeah. yeah. So, so this is a, this is really an all-around kind position. Kind of jack of all trades. Yeah, for someone who knows sound and picture and uh, maybe not hosting. Maybe that's the one thing you're not on camera. Um, but... Uh, yeah, check out uh, the job is actually up on MediaJobSearchCanada.com right now, um, so I highly recommend you check it out. Speaking of a recommend, mm. we now reach the part where we get into recommendations. Ah, uh, yes, this part, and we never plan for it, and mm-hmm. we never prep for it, even though every week <laughs> we know uh, this is going to. We have this conversation every week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I was I was in a conversation this morning about um, uh, streaming platforms and. I got to say Crave is looking pretty good lately. Um they're getting a ton Crave? of H- Yeah, Crave. Yeah. Remember it used to be Crave TV. Yeah. They've just rebranded to just be Crave and they've folded all of the um TMN the movie network. Yeah, yeah. Uh has folded into it and so that means also HBO Canada. So there's a lot of HBO content on on Crave. I don't know if the price went up or or not, but um they became uh, like a much more um, impressive uh, Canadian streaming platform all of a sudden. Um, and it was kind of annoying because my, uh, my TELUS box, I was, you know, I was in the middle of watching something on HBO and I couldn't watch it anymore right? because they had moved it over to Crave. Um, and I wouldn't have known except I got an email because I, I don't know, I, I'm on some newsletter. Um, and I was like, oh, I bet I still have access to it. And I did. It was just under a different platform, which is now crave if you're if you were a tmn or hbo canada subscriber um that's now where your your content lives for the most part i think it's also it's it's still a mess um but but yes (laughs) i I think i i my point is crave just got way better right cool interesting yeah uh i'm gonna recommend a piece of footwear Footwear. Sketchers go walk. Oh, okay. They're ugly as sin, but goddamn, are they comfortable? <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah, this is uh, this has been uh, one of your favorites for years now. I love these shoes, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not wearing them right now, and I'm sad about no, it. Oh, that's too bad. They're, they've got these, like, pegs in the bottom. Anyway, you, 
they're like life changing shoes, especially if you're working on a set. They're not they're not like safety shoes at all. They don't have mm. they don't have any sort of protection right. from anything falling on your feet. Um, so if you're a grip or gaffer or you're working in that kind of thing or locations, I would not recommend them. But mm. if you're gonna be standing on your feet for 14 hours a day, there's no better piece of footwear to do it in than a Skechers Go Walk. That's true. Now, the Skechers Go Walk Four are out. Oh, I didn't know this. And they are not quite as good as the really? Skechers Go Walks Three. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Huh. They wear down faster. Huh. Uh, and I'm disappointed in them. So I've written a a note to Skechers to <laughs> say, right? bring back the three. <laughs> uh, and I hope they will because they'll listen to me. I'm sure. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But well, yeah, that's, they're, that's, still, they're still great shoes. That's always depressing with anything when it's like it's the new version and it's actually worse than the yeah, previous version. Yeah. Like, no. And are you going to continue going in this terrible direction? Yeah. That's never fun. Uh, well, we got to go. Uh, so yeah. let's uh, thank Briar, Chad, Britt, and Seth, uh, as always, for making this podcast possible. Chad, especially. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being buddy. on the show this week. And uh, if you are an Alberta filmmaker, this podcast is for and about you. So please uh, share with us and we'll share with the community. Um, we're really, uh, yeah, we, we, we don't feel like we hear enough from from the community. If, if you've got something you'd like to share, um, please let us know. I, I mean, yeah. there's uh, there's definitely um, a couple people who um, come to us and, and, and share. And we always, you know, we, we never really say no. If, if it's in the Alberta world, we want to, we want to know about it. We want to share it with the rest of the community. So. And if you're being self-deprecating and saying, <laughs> oh, my project's not important <laughs> enough or I'm not a filmmaker. Uh, yes, you are. Yeah. And share with us. Um, and if we missed anything or, uh, or you, you, we, you have a correction for us, uh, we'd love to be uh, updated on that. So where can people reach us? Scott? Uh, the best way to reach us is shoot us an email at hello at abfilmcast.ca. Uh, you know, let us know that you're thinking of us. Uh, it's always great. But you, of course, you can reach us on social media as well. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud. And the, the tag is always AB Filmcast. Uh, and please do subscribe to the film to the podcast on iTunes and give us those sweet, sweet five-star ratings. It really does help the podcast bubble to the top uh, and allows for new filmmakers or those who might not know about us to find us uh, and make use of these resources. Awesome. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for your support every week, everybody. We really appreciate it. Uh, one final message from our sponsor, the Alberta Post-Production Association. Once you're done listening to that, go make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.